This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Oh boy, I am so stoked because, okay, there's this book I read when I was on vacation. It's called Body Grammar. And it's by Jules Oman, and Jules is my guest today on the show. And I have basically never booked somebody faster while reading a book. That's not true. I also, I have got, I have had so many great conversations with writers on this show. I am a big reader and I fucking love it. I can't believe I just get to talk to who I want to talk to. Anyway, enjoy this conversation with Jules. Also, do you live in Los Angeles? I'll be performing there October 15th or Vancouver, October 22nd. I'll be in San Francisco on November 12th. I'll be in Seattle. November 20th, and I'll be in Chicago, December 30th and 31st. Those are all stand-up dates. You can get tickets at CameronEsposito.com. Oh, boy, please enjoy this episode, and I can't wait to see you live. So many The shows have been selling out, everyone. All the shows have been selling out, and everybody there is jazzed out of their fucking mind, so come be a part of it. Can't wait to see you. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still I always have guests to introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Um, yeah. Um, I'm Jules Oman. I'm the author of the novel Body Grammar, um, which is a queer coming-of-age uh, love story. Um, and I'm also an educator. Um, I work in public schools. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What do you What do you do in public schools? I run a Writers in the Schools program. So we put like published writers in high school classrooms, and they teach creative writing to high school kids. It's super fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That sounds very helpful, and thank you for doing that. Yeah, yeah um, of course. My pleasure. Your book is amazing, which is why uh, why we're talking to each other, because I, I reached out to just say that I love it so much. I, uh, I brought it with me on vacation, and it was like such a nice bit of company to have, because it's so... Um, it's like a very... It's not like a beach read, but... I did read it on the beach and it's very, um, it's very engrossing and very specific character study, um, feels like a place and time thing that I really related to and thought was interesting. Anyway, I just loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was so great. Thank you so, so congrats, much. congrats. And thank you for writing that book so I could read it. Thank you for reading it. Yeah. <sighs> and thanks to Katie for reading it. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. My wife also read it and really liked it as well. Um, I've got so many, this is autofiction, yes? Like some of it is based on some stuff from your life, right? A little bit. Not uh, not as much as I think people are thinking, but I, uh, okay. I, was a, I was a teenage fashion model. I was a gay, awkward, androgynous, weirdo teen fashion model, kind of like Lou, um, the protagonist, but... Uh, but How did any, that happen? Hang on. I'm just going to stop you right yeah, there. Yeah, no, it's a great it's a great place to start. Um, so when I was 15, actually, like quite a bit younger than Lou is in the book, I just started getting approached by women in shopping malls who were just kind of handing me 
modeling agent cards. And, and that details in the book. And that felt like something yeah. that's real. Otherwise, I don't know why you would know about that. So it anyway. was. Yeah. And the weirdest place I was ever approached, which is not in the book, was at a Green Day concert when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, just like leaving the Green Day concert. And this woman came up to me and my dad. Um, and yeah, it was very, very surreal. And I was not super interested in doing it as a teenager. And then I was very into writing at that age. And I was like, you know what? I think this would be like an interesting thing to do or to write about. Um, kind of in a, I don't know, in the, in a pretentious kind of 15-year-old way. Um, and so I asked my parents if I could. And they were like in the middle of their own stuff. And I think they were like, sure, whatever you want to do is like cool. Um, and then I uh, ended up, yeah, I, I actually never did any runway modeling, but I did... Um, I did like editorial shoots and I was represented by a New York agency. Um, and I spent a summer when I was 16 in Singapore modeling wow. and I was a really bad model. <laughs> so I, why is that? Um, I was like, uh, I wasn't very feminine. I think that like a lot of the things that in the book I changed about how Lou is kind of celebrated for her oh. genderqueer stuff, like is kind of the opposite of what my experience was like. So it's oh. kind of a, it's kind of a gay fantasy in some ways, I think. Oh, so. oh devastating to find this out. I know, I'm I was sorry. Like, I was like, fashion is, it's, I never, I never knew it, but it's fantastic. Um, but I think it might be now. I, all right, it, hang on. It, yeah. I want to ask, I want to go back for a second. So when you're a child still, yeah, and totally. you're being approached like this, and I guess maybe I'll start by saying, because I think this, because this is like in the book, and then I like looked you up a little bit, and I was like, oh, I feel like maybe that's also real. Is it like, were you getting feedback about why? Is it the is the vibe like a certain amount of thin plus like hot in an unusual way? Is that what people are looking for? It, like, is that why you would get when people because they're approaching you, they're saying why, right? Like, right. So, what were you hearing? What are people saying? People were saying. I think this is in the book too. Like you're very interesting looking. Like uh-huh. and, and I was yeah, and I was very thin and tall. I'm like five nine, five nine and a half. And they were kind of like I was like the right kind of shape of whatever they were looking for. And I was dressed like a teenage girl at that time. And I had like kind of long hair. And I think I kind of like looked like what they thought I would look like or should look like. And then, you know, they put me in high heels and it was a mess. I think that's mostly why. <laughs> yeah. What is interesting? looking what does that mean i think kind think? of like uh kind of alien like people mm. at that age there were there are all these like this is like a weird part of the internet but like fashion forums where people talk about models which is weird mm. too because a lot of them are children like you said um and so my i was talked about on these fashion forums like if like i googled myself at that age and People were kind of like, oh, she has kind of a like lopsided face, and that's kind of interesting, and big a eyes, face. weird jaw. It's just like <laughs> stuff that you would never think like people would, I don't know, ever notice about your face, I guess. But yeah. But I mean, I I can see it in that, like, uh, even just from your author photo, it's it's just like, I think that we do sort of, I mean, I don't know if it's like when I grew up. And the emergence of supermodels or like if it's some if it's like America's Next Top Model. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I like have some understanding of what the thing is. I can see that you have the thing, which is. Yeah. Yeah. Just just like a stunning or stark set of features. 
I think that's what, like, at least from what, from the outside, not having any part of this industry, what I would imagine. And I would also, I wonder if that's what you want people to be saying about you when you're a teenager. Like, does that, does that feel like positive? I think it, like, could be really positive for somebody to be stopping you and being like, I think you should model. But I also don't know, I don't know if that would feel positive at all. If what they're then saying is you're interesting looking, I don't know. Or maybe yeah. you wouldn't want the attention. I don't know what that experience would be like. I think at that age, I I was flattered because I think, yeah, to be told, it was kind of the era of like America's Next Top Model, I think was like totally kind of peaking around then or after then when I was in college. And um, and it was like a huge, comp- I mean, a huge compliment, right? Like in terms of like what uh, society tells you you should look like, your model is like kind of the biggest felt like the biggest compliment to be like a 16 year old girl or whatever and be told that, you know? Right. Um, but on the other hand, I wasn't, people weren't like, oh, you're pretty, which I think was kind of like at that age, yeah. I felt really self-conscious about like, <laughs> am I pretty? You know what I mean? Or I didn't know that I wanted to be pretty. Um, but I think that that was kind of like what was more maybe coveted as a, yeah. That if that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. Sure. Oh, I still struggle with that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I feel like I'm both in the experience of, like, being happy if people give me other feedback, like, like hot or attractive or, like, handsome or, I don't know, whatever. People want to talk about my jawline or something. Like, yeah. there's a guy on my show who talks to me about my, on my TV show who talks to me about my jawline. That feels nice. But then it's also, like, sometimes if that... If it's a lot of attention in that area, then it's like, oh no, is this like another side of ugly? Like, is being this stuff so much when like that's not what I a pink person would <laughs> right. wear or would want? I don't right. know. I totally. just feel really confused by this still. Like, if I want to have people think I'm pretty, I feel really confused by that. How do you yeah. feel about that today? Do you want people to think that you're pretty? I don't. I think like or like that's not the word that I would use. Like what, I think do you the words, have a better word. I think the words you just used resonate with me. Like yeah, yeah, if somebody's like you're, I don't know. I guess like yeah, I think handsome or beautiful or something that is less like mm. feminized. But on the other hand, like you know, men are pretty and there are ways I to know. be pretty. You know, that's and, what like, I'm saying. Yeah. So there is like a part of me that I think still would like that. Yeah. It feels also complicated when it's like, if enough people are not saying it, then I'm like, oh, then it must not be true. But I mean, some of that is, I don't know how complicated it is for other people to encounter somebody like me. I don't know. Anyway, this is really, it's big stuff. I don't know. It is. Yeah. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? 
Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on. Did you live by yourself when you lived for 16? When um, you were 16? And you were living in abroad? I lived in a model apartment. Yeah, when I was living abroad, I was living with other... I guess they were mostly adults. Like, I was 16 or 17. And uh, there were, like, a lot of, like, 20, 21-year-olds who were living in this apartment with me. And then, which is pretty weird. I was, I really just, <laughs> at that age, just, like, read a lot. And that summer, I think I watched a lot of, like, Sex in the City by myself. But, like, oh. I wasn't, like, really, like, out partying or in that scene at all. I was, like, just kind of still doing my own thing. But, but in retrospect, it's wild to think about putting mm-hmm. a 17-year-old in that position. Are other people partying? I have no idea what the yeah vibe is. I think in the way that like twenty one year olds party in other places, they're partying there too. You know? Oh, like, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, right. But I didn't experience it very much because I was so young and I was just kind of like uh, I was shy. I think I didn't. Oh. I didn't feel like I wanted to go out with them. But I made friends with other people who are my age. But a lot of them had like parents with them or like chaperones. So there was like a girl who was a couple years younger than me and her mom was with her in Singapore when I was living there. And I spent a lot of time with them, which is kind of funny, but. But you did not have a chaperone. I did not. No. And after that experience of being 16 and like living on your own like that, what what happened next in your life? Um, so I basically was, they were trying to get me, my agency in New York um, was trying to get me to go do New York Fashion Week and like do all the shows and everything that kind of ends up appearing in the book. Um, and I had been applying to college. And when I was a senior in high school, I really wanted to study creative writing, be a novelist. And I um, ended up getting like a scholarship to college. And my New York agency was like, we'd really like you to come do the shows. And it was in there, they're like in September. And, um, so is the beginning of college. And I was just kind of like, you know what? I mm. think I want to go pursue writing. I don't want to go any further with this. I think I was afraid too of what would happen if I stayed. So in some ways where the novel takes off is really like this alternate kind of version of what my adult, my young adulthood could have been like, I think in a very right. not current day, like the book is set kind of more in 2018. And I, that was like in 2009, but um, I, kind of made the opposite choice of Lou, so. But I experienced some of it, yeah. Right. Yeah, because it's, yes, it's about somebody making a similar, or, like, in a similar situation to try to decide about college or, um, or, yeah, pursuing this. That, um, I mean, what a, I don't know, that's, first of all, it's, like, a big decision for anybody that age to have to make, and then when you reflect on that now, like, yes, that was the right thing. Feel great about it. Like, love it. Look at where it led me. Or do you ever, are you ever just like, boy, I wonder what that would have been like. I guess like that's kind of where this part of the book came from is just Uh like that kind of, I wonder, I wonder what that would have been like too, if I had been kind of in a different position with my, like understanding my sexuality or my gender or like stuff that I think Lou is kind of grappling with at a younger age than I did. Um, And if the fashion industry had been different, I think that, like, I think it is different now. I've seen a lot of models and seen stuff in the fashion industry that there's a lot of interesting stuff happening across 
it, it, when I was in it, it was like super gendered. You like walk women's runways, you walk men's runways. And it was like very like delineated in that way. Um, and now I think right. there's like a lot more kind of crossover happening. There's people with different kinds of bodies modeling. Like it's not so like within that certain kind of like very limited view of like what a model is. Um, right. And so I think like if I if I was now as like someone in their 30s, like was like going to go be a fashion model as like the person that I am right now, like that would be interesting. But I think I don't think I would have made the opposite choice at that age. Like, I don't think that that would have been the right thing. I think I would have like really struggled more with like body image and food stuff. Like I was kind of on that path and I was worried about what would happen if I stayed in that environment any longer. So yeah. Talk to me more about that. They just, I mean, you have to stay a pretty, I mean, at that point anyway, like a really small size. Like I was a, you know, sample size is like zero or two, I think. And like, that's very much not what my adult body ended up being like. Um, and I'm glad it wouldn't have been like a healthy weight for me, but, um, I definitely got pressure from modeling agents to like keep my hip size down and like stay a certain size. And, um, people are openly talking about it. Oh, Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, I mean, yeah. directly to me and to my mom later too, which is kind of wild. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And like using specifics, like specific measurements and like poundage and numbers like that. Like it's like that specific. Yeah. I mean, of course that doesn't shock me. I do think that like, well, let me think about what year this would have been. Like I'm thinking about growing up because I grew up in like sort of the, with the, I'm a little older than you. So I grew up in the time where like when I was a kid supermodels were like emerging for the first time and they were on the cover of all of like all magazines and I knew their names even though I was like a child yeah yeah and they were like in George Michael videos and that was fun and it was all very like awesome but I don't think that we it like Kate Moss hadn't happened yet so like heroin chic like that happened a little right that happened like I don't even know years, but like that happened like maybe at the end of the 90s or something like that. But like there was the full 90s where like people had, I don't want to say normal bodies because they were still wild, but like they weren't, there wasn't necessarily like the same sort of like rib counting going on. And then, um, and then that happened which again sort of lined up with like the era of next top model and those things. So I'm imagining like that's when you were imagining that's leading right up to 2009. And like, I wonder if people that are listening even know what I'm talking about, because I feel like that is, this is like such a thing that then now it's not, things are not fixed, but somehow the internet just has other people who are famous. Like you can be a plus size inner influencer and so there's just like a different it's not so much focus on like three people and those people don't have to be the same amount tiny but this shit fucked with me and i wasn't even in the thing so i mean i can't even imagine right you were going totally because i think it was yeah it was fucking with all of us i mean that the that was really really rough that was a very rough era in fashion in magazines and in just bods in general yeah 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 bods in general for sure yeah tough time for bods you know Tougher than usual. Actually, yeah. Like, I think that was one of the toughest times for bots. Like, yeah. for real. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and you were there, you know, front lines. Yeah, front lines, for sure. Hearing it directly. Yeah. I mean, I was, like, hearing it by seeing pictures of you, but right. hearing it directly. Yeah. That sounds awful. 
yeah, it was, I think, like, in some ways, like, working on the book and, like, writing this kind of, like, alternate version of it for me. There were there were cool things about it. Like, it was the first time in my life I was ever around queer adults who were out. Like, cool. I didn't know any. And I think that I was suddenly around, like, people who were, like, just, like, creative New York people and, like, mm-hmm. creative people in wherever, like, in Singapore, where they were just, like, I was kind of interacting for the first time with, like, I mean, primarily gay men, but I think that, like, also just all sorts of people who were just, like, creative artists who were kind of in the fashion scene. Um, and so I think I wanted to depict that, too, because it was, like, later I was, like, wow, I just, like, had not, I knew, like, maybe two out adults as a kid and teenager, Mm. if that, I think. Like, maybe, like, our, my high school drama teacher. Like, I think that that was, like, about (laughs) it. And, and it was, like, everybody else, it's, like, that was the first space I was in where I was, like, oh, this is, like, actually, like, something about this is speaking to me and why. And it wasn't, it didn't really occur to me until I was older, I think, why. So, so, yeah, it was, like, very complex, I think. There was, like, all this damaging kind of, like, stuff happening in terms of just like you need to be like this but then on the other hand it's like a lot of people who have a lot of like freedom with their bodies and with like who are artists and I recognize something in that too so yeah that makes sense um I mean sounds yeah like I think that would have been really appealing to me too yeah yeah I was just elsewhere watching Gia I'm sure Sure, similar experience You've been, like, alluding to it, but we, we haven't, like, really gotten into this zone. But, like, just when you're talking about gender specifically, because, like, sexuality, yes, that also would play into some of this stuff. But I feel like the gender stuff, like, that's, like, for for sure a huge part of um, this experience. So when did you start to have the awareness that, like, I mean, you were even talking about, like, that you were dressing like a girl when... these folks were approaching you so like what what's different now and when did that change I mean it was starting to change a little bit that at that age I had like a high school boyfriend and I used to like wear his clothes you know like it was just (laughs) stuff like that where it's like okay like what's happening here you know um and when I was in college um I think I had a lot of I I was like around kind of queer people. A lot of people who I was friends with in college weren't out until after college. It was like a small liberal arts school, but for whatever, it was in the Midwest. It was actually in Galesburg. I don't know if you know where that is in Illinois, but it's mm-hmm. like um, three hours south of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, and so there were like a lot of kids from the Chicago suburbs and like St. Louis. And I think it was just kind of more Midwestern um, in that like, it took people longer to come out and I wasn't out in college. Um, but I think I started to dress a little bit more how I wanted to dress at that age. Um, and then it wasn't really, I moved to Montana for grad school to get my MFA in fiction. Um, and I was suddenly around like a lot of like, like out lesbians who had moved there from like Brooklyn. And I was like, Oh, I'm like you, (laughs) you know, or like there's something you can dress like that, you know, like it was just like, you're so cool. And like, I didn't know that you could be like that, you know, and like, and it was suddenly like this, like very like queer scene in the middle of Montana, too, which is like kind of funny, but was like, it was amazing. And like, you know, just all these writers and they were kind of like, it was the first time that I really saw myself in somebody's gender presentation or like where I was like, damn, like that's 
that's cool, you know? And I didn't even know I wanted to do that. And that was kind of when I when I broke up with my boyfriend and like started on the path that I'm on now, I think. But um, but yeah, I don't know. It's so complicated. I think even just the last few years, I've thought about it more than I had even at that age. But yes. I'm curious to talk yeah. to you about it because I feel like stuff you've said on the show has really resonated with me. I just listened to the Andrew Lawler re-release. Oh, yeah. And I love that, that conversation. Just like I think about it all the time. Oh, Yeah. What an awesome person. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Such an awesome person. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's been, hey, same, you know, it's been a big couple of years for me, too. And um, I remember when when folks, like, what's that person's name? Rain Dove? Yeah, Rain Dove, totally. Yeah. And then there's that other person that is in that movie um, called Below Her Mouth. Oh, yeah. That, um, that is, hang on a second. What is that person's name? I know you're talking about. I was at a party that that person was at the other day, and I said, I know exactly who you are. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, like, again, even just to keep it in, like, fashion for just a second, it's like, I remember when I was reading, well, first of all, I mean, obviously, I also remember Kim. When yeah. Kim was on America's Next Top totally. Model. Really important stuff. Yeah, very important. Um, but Kim, who had like short hair and was queer, was also like then wearing like a spaghetti strap tank top. Like, right. We weren't, they weren't like letting, it wasn't like you get to have this hair and this sexuality and then also wear these clothes. Like right. it was baby steps. <laughs> right, totally. And so Kim was like, I don't know what Kim had to wear, but it was like not anything that I wanted to wear. Um, and I was dressing like in spaghetti strap tank tops also, but I just remember when I was reading about some like AFAB folks that were, um, yeah, were doing like modeling for menswear. Then I was like, oh, yeah, this could even be cool. Right. Like, holy shit. You be, get paid to do this. If somebody's getting paid to do this, then that must mean it's okay. This right. is how this is, this is right. This is a way somebody can think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that stuff was really impactful for me. And now I feel like I've been like walking past because I, I live half the time right now in Vancouver and like I live really close to their like fashion, whatever, Michigan Avenue or like Fifth Avenue, where like all the like fancy stores are. I live yeah. really close to there which is not something I have in my life in LA. So I'm constantly walking past windows with like giant ads. And I feel like I haven't seen that in a long time. And even like Banana Republic has like folks who are doing like gender fuckage. Yeah. Banana? Like we got all the way to Banana? We did. We made, I mean, we we went past a gap and then we backtracked to Banana. (laughs) It's like where we're at. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Um, But it's been a big deal for me, I think, you know, to see... Uh, it's not just about like, well, yeah, to think that anything, if anything's like okay for public consumption right. as opposed to just within queer community. But like, this is a street in Vancouver where people are coming to shop. It's right. not, this is not the gay neighborhood. Um, but like, talk thinking about this book and your decision to to set it now. I mean, it just sounds, it sounds very healing to get a chance to write to write in a banana republic forward world. Yeah, I know, totally. It was, you know, like there was something about it that I think, like in 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 that sense, in terms of like how Lou is kind of, you know, it's it's complicated because she's kind of celebrated for her androgyny or like gender fluidity. But then on the other hand, she's also like a little exploited for it, you know? Yeah. And there's like a kind of flip side there that is 
I didn't want it to be like she was um, like suddenly comfortable in this way that like you're kind of never comfortable when you're 19, you know, like or maybe right. never. But I think like that there is something there that is complicated. Um, totally. I mean, yeah. this is also a commodified environment. The same right. way that like if I'm on a TV show that wants me to keep my hair right the same way that it is like rad. OK, we love that representation, all that stuff. But then I'm also like, oh, you're getting the points the like credit for having my hair on your show but like i have to wear my hair in real life you know and i like earned this hair right (laughs) you just fucking got here man you know like yeah you have no right to this hair (laughs) yeah so i do i do feel like that's in the book that that like line um well what is it like in your other job encountering students as the person that you are just because that would be I mean, you're setting up, you're setting students up with writers, but are you also, you are also physically in schools? I'm physically in Sometimes? schools. Yeah. Yeah. I used to teach yeah. for the program. So I was teaching in high schools. Um, yeah. And so it's not like being an English teacher where you're in there all, for the whole year. You kind of like show up as an outsider, as like an artist and, you know, do 10 classes with kids. Um, but now I'm in schools just like observing other people's teaching and I'm kind of just like writing along with the kids and kind of interacting with them. Um, it's really interesting because I live in Portland, Oregon, and, um, I grew up in Portland, but I grew up in the suburbs. Um, and you know, it was whatever when I was in high school, like 2004, 2005, like, like you said, the fashion was so different. Like there was like, yeah, I wore spaghetti straps and like Daisy Dukes and like the whole, like that, the odds fashion coming back right now stresses me out to be honest. Cause I feel like the, like kind of that, the kind of like, uh, tube top, whatever that was, like, was traumatizing to me in high school, you know, like, being expected to do whatever that just, was. Just as long as we, like, also keep the, like, Billie Eilish, like, sloppy oversize. That's what uh, I want. Sweatshirt in the same. Right now, it seems like those zones are existing at the same time. Where right, it's like, right. yes, there's, like, a whale tail is popular again. But, like, <laughs> also, we can still do this. True. And that leads me to believe that, like, people will have some flexibility. But I, but you're right. If the If the giant baggy things go away then we're we're fucked we're fucked um, yeah we've already been there so we know we're fucked but keep keep going so you're talking about uh schools yeah keep going yeah so so yeah so it's it, it's actually just really interesting to see what kids are wearing because i, I mm-hmm. think like we were virtual for uh, over a year during the pandemic so you didn't see kids faces at all you didn't see what they're wearing and um they're just like blank zoom screens um and then now going back in this kind of like whatever phase of covid we're in right now they've all been on tiktok for three years and so like just the way that queer teenagers particular but just teenagers in general have been on tiktok in the pandemic like fashion feels like it's like fast forwarded into something totally different yeah it's it's really interesting and like yeah and i think like this i'm envious of the like slouchy cardigan baggy pant like androgyny thing that's happening that's like cool for gen z kids because it's like man i had to like put up with the spaghetti straps you know and i would have killed to wear whatever that is but yeah i think i'm too old for it now but but whatever no i don't i mean come on i'm actually i actually wear some of that stuff yeah no i mean it's cool you know (laughs) i totally do (laughs) i like i went and bought some stuff um what do they call you like uh as a uh like what's my like my name you mean yeah like do they call you jules like what do they call yeah yeah they call me jules yeah yeah even when i was teaching like i yeah i've always gone by jules and i think it's interesting because i felt really like um like 
I felt really self-conscious going into schools and like having to, especially because I grew up going to schools, not in this district, but like one district over. And um, I don't know, just those kind of like little coming, like coming out kind of to like teenagers. Like yeah, by, that's that's exactly what I'm asking about. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's weird. It's like, and I think that like in, in it totally depends on the school and like the part of the district you're in in terms of like things just like are wildly different in different schools. Um, but I think that I have that feeling of kind of like anxiety left over from my own high school experience of being like, is this a safe environment to like mention my wife or like or to like dress how I'm dressing and like should I adjust that in some way. And like, I work with queer teachers, like there are out teachers in this district and a lot of the, a huge percentage of the kids identify as queer, which like blows my mind. I think we did a survey and it was like, of just the kids I was working with and like one specific thing, it was like 40% or something. Wow. Like okay. just like yeah. really high. Um, and, and so in that way, I'm like, it was actually one of the reasons I like started using they them pronouns initially was when I was teaching high schoolers and I was kind of like I want to like um signal in some way to kids that they can use whatever pronouns they want and then I think I was like oh actually this is like a comfortable space for me to be in um word yeah yeah and how how has that been received I haven't had like too many I'm trying to think if I've like had a bunch of I'm trying to think of who I've even talked to that is like in regular conversation with teen, like specifically yeah. high schoolers. And then like, yeah, like, yes, they know. First of all, they know how to use they, them pronouns. Right. Yeah. Right. Like For that's, sure. that's Better my understanding. Yeah. Nobody's surprised about how to conjugate this. It's fine. It's like happening. They understand what's going on. Is that the vibe? Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, a lot of them are using them, you know, yeah. or like, so I think that that, uh, way more so than adults that I encounter in the world, you know? I think right. it's just, like, very um, regular to them. I don't think that's true across the state of Oregon, necessarily. I think it's pretty specific to Portland. But um, but I think the internet, like, and TikTok and all of that, like, has done a lot for that, too, where they're, like, in a global conversation about it rather than mm-hmm. just, like, in their one school. It's not, like, so siloed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And what about parents do you encounter any weirdness around your identity and then interacting with students i don't i don't interact with parents in the position that i'm in um i am always curious to see them around but i i don't interact with them um i know that there's been a lot of like news recently about queer educators who have been targeted um by parents in their district or like not in their district, you know? And I think that that's been really um, just super upsetting to see, like, especially because it's public education is a really difficult space to be in and anyone who wants to be there, like, like it, it's like they're doing a, you know, usually doing a good (laughs) thing, you know? And so it's like that you would want people out just for the sake of how they're presenting is like pretty, Right. It's horrible, you know. And, and I know we're talking about Portland, which I have a lot of context for. Maybe not all of the listeners have context for, but it's like a an interesting place in that Oregon itself is not necessarily crunchy and progressive, but sometimes full of guns and Confederate flags, depending yep. on how far you are from the city. Um, but that Portland itself has like some whiteness going on, but has like yeah. a lot of like gender forward, sexuality forward 
culture going on that people are talking about it a lot. It's like in the ether. That being said, like, I don't know. I mean, it's just good to hear like that it's sort of not a problem because it's that thing of like of all of the fights are going to like rise to the surface. So right. maybe this is specific to Portland or or maybe this is specific to a similar type of environment other places too. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but it's just like good to hear a story like this because it's I think it's not something that we usually hear about, or at least like that I usually hear about, you know? Well, yeah. And I think it's been like, I mean, speaking of healing, I think like that my high school was, there was like maybe two out kids at my high school at that time. And they were both like bullied and harassed. And, you know, I was certainly like not a space people were safe in. And I think that that, um, to see it change so dramatically in such an incredibly short period of time is just like, there's like a whiplash feeling to it for me a little bit. Um, where it's like hard to believe it's like I'm in schools where I was and like where I went as a high school student to like you know play lacrosse or whatever and like it's just weird wow. to be in those spaces and be like man I can be here as an adult and be who I am and how I look and it's <sighs> nice you know it's hard I think sometimes I think that is that's there's a there's a lot in that you know to like get used to that safety or then like mourn the other guy right. that didn't have that feeling and then to try to be in the present, you know, as opposed to in the past. I mean, that's, I think that's really hard. Um, I don't know what this will be like for the current generation, but like, damn, this has been, it's a fast change to try to live through. Yeah. To try to be like, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> right. <'Cause> I, <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, it's just like a lot to carry in all those spaces. Yeah. I also want to ask you about this before I forget. I'm trying to think about like having had the experience of being, of modeling, like mm-hmm. done that, of doing that at all, and sort of like public perception of that field as like the like vapidity that it might entail. I mean, like Zoolander exists. Right? Yeah. Like oh, that's I, what absolutely. We, we were like, we like made that movie. Yeah. I think that things have changed around people understanding that there is art. This, and, and also even things like, oh my God, what is the Tim Gunn show? Oh, Project Runway. Like, oh, I yeah. think there's, there's been enough in the ether, like since the time that you and I were growing up when pe- if people talked about models that felt like very like silliness or whatever, yeah. except that then you like see the thing you see, you know, Tyra Banks, not always the best, but she did show us that, like, it's hard to hold your body a certain way, you know. So we have, like, some of that stuff. But it still has that connotation as opposed to, like, being a writer, which I think is such a, like, a serious and scholarly, you know. Like, if we were to look at these two things, they're so, they're so in opposition in terms of, like, public perception or how people might encounter you at a bar yeah like what do you do for a living i'm a model what do you do for a living i'm a writer um so i'm just curious about like how you think about that or how those things interact in your and then and then using modeling for as fodder so then it's baked into this other career so that when you're doing all these you know conversations about the book you're talking about this other thing and it's it is a very cool but your main character is also you know into photography. So like this tension exists in the book and it exists in public perception and it exists in the fact that you chose that topic to write about. It's yeah. just like really those things are in conversation. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. It's interesting. Like at that age, I was like, when I w- went into it being like, oh, like um, I 
I want to write about this. I was like writing short stories in high school. And I, when I was like kind of on these shoots, like I would be kind of like writing my journal or whatever. Like, and I was like, you know, kind of self-conscious of that fact. But also I think, like you said, like there's this kind of like more serious or like intellectual kind of vibe to that or like impression that people get that I think I wanted to be taken seriously, like as a creative person, even at that age, because I was around people who were literally just seeing me for my body. Like I just, you know, could have been any brain inside of my body. It didn't matter. And I think that that felt like I was pushing up against something in terms of my own like self-expression and being a person in that space where it is kind of like, it is kind of dehumanizing because you're just kind of like a, um, you know, you could be like a mannequin. I think there's more to it than that, obviously, like more expressiveness and people who are really good at it. Like there's, they're bringing more to it just than just that. But I think for me, I felt like I felt really divorced from my body at that age. I think I felt like I didn't want to spend a lot of time thinking about it. And so instead I like wrote. And then I think it's really interesting because my experience with the public publishing industry is not actually that dissimilar from the modeling industry in terms of like a public facing, suddenly being in a public facing um, situation where like, you know, as working on a novel for, I worked on it for almost a decade, there was a lot of just private time where I was just alone with the book. And then there's been the last three or four months where suddenly other people have read it and I'm talking about it. But (sighs) I think that that has been a really kind of surreal experience because I think at that age, I was suddenly like facing the world um, as a model and like having to kind of account for my body and how I was, but then also, you know, visible to people. And then on the other side, like, suddenly my art is visible to people. There's just like a dichotomy there that I'm like still kind of working through, I think, but. I hear you. I really, I mean, I really relate. I think, well, how I experience my own job is, you know, like it's an art form that I chose. So amazing. Can't believe anybody gets to do that. But then also like, it is dehumanizing to be the product, to be, to have your body face, even words also be the product that you're selling. Um, and I think that's part of like making art that is inherently odd in a commercial society because, um, Hey, you know, other people do jobs where they sell other stuff. Like they're, they're a salesperson for like a car. I have no idea how that feels. Maybe it, maybe you feel like I don't even fucking like this car. (laughs) Or maybe you're like, I can go home at night and I don't have to care whether or not this car like works well or whatever. But you know, when it's your body, your face, or even your mind, I do think that that is a very complicated thing to live with. Yeah. Cause it's like, I'm also a person outside. I'm also a person. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think like that, um, the assumption too, with the book of like, is this like um, how much of it is real or like where mm-hmm. is it coming from in an emotional truth way or in an autobiographical way or whatever? Like, I think it's, I could have kind of only done this part of it, like where I'm talking about it now. I think five years ago, I would not have been able to talk confidently about myself enough to do it or something. Mm. Like I didn't feel confident enough in like either my gender or my sexuality that like inevitably kind of comes in, especially because it's a queer book and like is marketed as such. and has almost exclusively queer characters in it. And so it's kind of right. like has, um, brings identity into it, whether or not that is like 
a per- personal thing or not. Does that make sense? It does yeah. make sense. And thank you for that wording also, because when I was asking you at the beginning if it's autofiction, what I, what I meant was, <laughs> I don't think these things happened to you, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it sure. does seem like you've been here. Like that's reading it. That's what it felt like. It just felt like, I don't know how somebody could write this. You hadn't been there emotionally. Maybe yeah. that's, I, I mean, I hope that doesn't sound like a discredit to your abilities as a writer, but I just think no. like we write what we know and the things that I often know are like the emotional resonance of something. And so, you know, you move the pieces around, but like if you've been there emotionally, I think for me, I can tell and it's something that I really, yeah, it's like an, it's like an own voices argument, you know, maybe the yeah. own voices argument is like, right. I can tell, like I can tell if somebody's been there. I think that was something that was like so beautiful for me about the book is that, yeah, I didn't get the impression like that, that it was your autobiography, but um, it's a compelling story that feels lived. And I think that that's, you know, that's like kind of what I'm looking for from a book, to be honest. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. How does that sit with you? Does that feel like it makes sense to you? Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think like in when people kind of ask me like what's true or what's not, it's like I think anything that is embodied in the book is true. Like it's, you know, like it's true. It's it's I've felt it in my body. And and I think like even like, you know, the love story in the book, which is between Lou and Ivy, who's this musician who is kind of a classic, like, are you in love with your best friend in high school? Are you just like buddies or like, you know, it's like kind of a like a, you know, the queer cliche of being 17 or whatever and not knowing what is a crush and what is your best friend. Um, But that then it actually becomes kind of a love story is like way more true to like my mid to late 20s than it is to my teenage years. I like wasn't, you know, in love with the people that I wanted to be in love with at that age, I think, except Mm. for from afar and with great longing, Mm. you know, and I think that that um, (laughs) unfortunately, you know, but I think that uh, that emotional experience of like really being in love for the first time happened to me later than it happens to Lou in the book. But I think absolutely it's like a lived experience. And I think that's what I want from fiction, too. I like want to be transported into somebody else's, um, like not even like life, but just like interiority of like Mm. how things permeate in, you know? And I think that you can't really write that unless you've experienced it on some level. So. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think so too. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome to talk with you, Jules. And, uh, again, the book is called Body Grammar, which I'm just going to say, I, I love this book. And if you're listening to this show, I think you will love this book. Um, it's it's very good. And um, before I send you back into your day, I just wanted to ask you to shout out a queero, which is a person, place or thing that made you feel that you could be who you are today. Yeah. You know, um, my wife and I have been talking about this question for a long time because I we even before like the I knew that I was going to be on the show because it's something that we just talk about. Um, and then this morning I, and I hadn't been able to figure out who it was. And then this morning I woke up and I thought, Mary Oliver is my queero, um, the poet. And I just, I just love her so much. And she was such a, a, she, she and her partner, like life partner, I feel like were this example of queer creative partnership. And like, they weren't married, but like long time love that I think that I didn't really see 
you know, an example of. And I didn't know Mary Oliver was queer, like, until I was, like, very, until almost right before she died, I think. And, um, and knowing that just, like, changed her poetry so much for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it stuck, um, her, just an image of her and her, like, partner on the water, just, like, making art has stuck with me for so long. So, so yeah, Mary Oliver. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for answering that question that you've ruminated on, and I'm so glad it <laughs> came to you. Uh, awesome, Jules. Thanks so much for your time, and I'll see you next time I'm in Portland. Yeah, come I hope to so. show. Yeah, that would be awesome. We can high five or compare our heights. I am not five nine. <laughs> yeah, I'm five nine energy. <laughs> would love that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jules. <laughs> 